Hi there, I'm Father Matt Kovisk and I'm the Rector of St. Mark's in Elkhorn. As I mentioned last week, we're in the season of Epiphany, where the focus of the whole season is on the revelation of God to the world. Remember, the word Epiphany is another word for revelation or realization. Remembering this throughout the season of Epiphany might help us look at the readings in a new light. Today, the first Sunday after the Feast of the Epiphany, is known as the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. And on this day, we reflect on Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, which you can find in Mark 1, 4-11. Now, for St. Mark's Gospel, this is the beginning of the story of Jesus Christ on earth. Remember, in St. Mark's Gospel, there is no birth narrative. There's no pretty story of the shepherds, or wise men, or long theological monologue about how Jesus Christ will change the world. There's absolutely none of that in this Gospel. We get right to business, as it were, with the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. As you may remember from previous sermons, and I may have told you this, I was a student politician at the University of British Columbia, serving the Okanagan Senate and various committees of that Senate for four years. I also ran, unsuccessfully to be frank, for positions on the student council. One of the things that I learned in my time at UBC Student Politics, especially when running for election or re-election, was that your first message slash speech was incredibly important for setting the tone of your election campaign. You usually set out what you wanted to accomplish or point out in your first message. As I read this passage from St. Mark's Gospel, I can't help but look at it in this light. For St. Mark's Gospel, this story, Mark 1, 4-11, is the opening message of Jesus Christ. Now, what is the opening message of Jesus Christ, one might ask me? Well, it's a two-pronged message for us, I think. The first part of this message is this. Jesus, the Son of God, part of the Godhead, has walked this earth and knows what it's like to do so. While this may sound fairly meh for us reflecting on this in 21st century Manitoba, it would have been absolutely life-changing for those gathered around Jesus. The gods they knew, whether it was the Roman gods, the Greek gods, or even Yahweh from the Old Testament, who we Christians know as the Father, were far, far away. There was no real sense of interaction between the humanity and the gods. And if there was, it was usually one way, humanity to the gods. So for the Son of God, the part of the most holy and undivided trinity, for the Son of God to break into our time and our space would have been actually mind-blowing for the people around Jesus. Jesus' arrival on earth was an epiphany or revelation to us. It is the first time in the Gospels that we see all three persons of that holy and undivided trinity in one place at one time. Jesus, the Son, is baptized. And as that takes place, we hear the voice of the Father who says, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And we see the Holy Spirit descending on the whole situation like a dove. The second message that we see here is the Father's actual message to the Son. When he says, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. In his baptism, while Jesus needs no reminder of his part within the Godhead, the crowds gathered, and us, reading this passage down to this day, need to know of the Son's belovedness. This message that Jesus... The Son is beloved by the Father, 
is an epiphany or revelation to us about the work of the Godhead, the Holy Trinity. In these words, the Father is blessing Jesus in this work on this mortal coil, as Shakespeare would put it. The Son is an important part of the Godhead alongside the Father and the Holy Spirit. Again, while us reflecting on this story in this 21st century Manitoba might look at the whole thing and go, well, duh, God speaks, so? It might be helpful to be reminded that this was not the way humanity interacted with God. No God interacted like that with humanity. And if gods did directly interact with humanity, it usually wasn't a pleasant experience for the human or humans involved. You might be asking me, Father Matt, who cares? How does this help me in my daily life as a Christian? Well, the baptism of our Lord of Jesus Christ in the Jordan River is the beginning of his public ministry. And in this baptism, he reveals a little about who God is, peeling back a layer about him. But in doing so, also peeling back a layer which contains a little bit about humanity too. In his baptism, Jesus reveals to us that the Father is not interested in any sort of long-distance relationship with humanity any longer. He desires to be active and an important part of our lives. The incarnation, the birth of Jesus, has changed our relationship with God forever. No more of that long-distance relationship where the God or gods tend to be far off and not caring about humanity. And my friends, as hard as it can be to believe sometimes, this is good news for us. We don't have a God who is far off and uncaring about us in our lives. For as the church father, St. Athanasius of Alexandria, once said in the 4th century, he became human so that we might become God. The Godhead wants to be an intimate part of our lives. And I think it's helpful for us to remember that, especially as we find ourselves in the very tumultuous times that we are in. It may help us to remember that you and I are never alone, even in the midst of the pandemic restrictions placed upon us. My friends, on this Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, I invite you to read Mark 1, 11 once again, which reads like this. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And I invite you, the listener, to place yourself in that place and reflect on these words like God is saying them to you in this time and place. God is saying to you, you are my son or you are my daughter, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. After reflecting and thinking about that statement, I want to leave you with a few questions on this feast of the baptism of the Lord. When you hear these words, you are my son or daughter, the beloved, with whom I'm well pleased, what kind of feelings does this bring up for you? Do this hearing these words about you change what you believe you are and what you believe you are called to be? And finally, on this day where we think about Jesus' baptism, I invite you to reflect on your own baptism, whether it happened as a child 
or later in life as an adult. I invite you to think about the promises that you made in your baptism. The Anglican tradition, when people are baptized, godparents, or if an adult baptism, promises are made, vows are made. And part of these vows includes, and I quote, to proclaim by word, that you will proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ, that you will seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself, and that you will strive for justice and peace among all people, and to respect the dignity of every human being. My friends, these promises, these vows are huge vows to live up to. But knowing that Jesus has been baptized and has walked this road before us and paved the way for us, my friends, I think it helps us to do and live out these vows a little easier. And the baptism of the Lord at the end of the day is an epiphany or a revelation to us, an epiphany that we are to live into that belief that you and I are the beloved that you and I are worthy of his love, and that you and I are called to remind others of the same. And so we pray. All glory, Jesus, be to thee for this thy glad epiphany, whom with the Father we adore, and Holy Ghost forevermore. Thanks be to God. <laughs>